for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 351 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we got a bunch of Star Wars stuff to talk about. Second half of Celebration announcements. A killer episode of Obi-Wan. And this week, we've got a guest. And that's right, we got a guest to talk about all this our, our man on the scene at Celebration, you could even say. <laughs> Someone who can give us the low-down and dirty details of what went down at Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim this year. It's our buddy from the Bad Motivators and the Sith List, Mr. Eric Strothers. Yeah, man. Sweet, man. Well, hey, <laughs> thanks for having me on, man. I've, I'm super flattered to get the ask. It, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, how was Celebration? I mean, I know I already asked you, like, when we were talking or whatever, but, like, how was it? What was the vibe? You know, because of the pandemic and everybody not only being unable to go to Celebration when it was originally scheduled or do any other damn thing, for that matter, it, it, it was more about the people than anything. And for the most part, it, the energy was really good a lot of positivity everybody was just glad to see each other and it felt so easy mm-hmm. and to just for all of us to fall back in together met friends we'd never met before and for the most part man everybody was super cute super cool and I, I the atmosphere there was it, it was i guess what i'm really trying to say it was more relaxed than like what we've experienced in the past it, right and maybe maybe part of that's just like for me personally because you know they don't do the uh the overnights anymore which and the- uh, look dude let me tell you i understand people's problems with the lottery system for the panels like i totally get it but for me i would rather face the disappointment of not getting into a panel i wanted to go to than staying up all night sitting in line because that literally almost killed me in Orlando. (laughs) 
Oh, for sure, man. And, you know, with that chance, I'll punish myself and attempt to do it Mm -hmm. by by removing my ability to just with my sheer force of will get in. Right. It's really honestly a weight off my shoulders. But here's something I noticed. What they do at those panel lotteries, they're not giving away all the seats to that. They're intentionally only doing a percentage of them and allowing an overflow. And as far as wonky as Reed Pop can be, they did their damnedest to get as many people into those rooms as possible. And I honestly, man, I really appreciated their effort. I, I, I only got into like the overflow on one and the big, big show on another. But I was able to go to the opening one. Just by getting in line in the overflow. And we had several friends that were able to just cruise right into the arena That's on a cool. couple of different occasions. And yeah, because they they want you to get in there and it's really kind of set up for that. So it worked out. Man, uh, everybody I've talked to that went said the vibes were real good at Celebration. And, you know, that's good to hear. Like, especially after you know, the pandemic and not getting to see everybody. And then it would suck if everybody got together and it was like not a good time. So I'm really happy, really, really happy to hear that celebration was good, man. Um, Yeah. Look, the the safety protocols real quick, the safety protocols that they had in place, they weren't really enforcing them. I mean, you you had to get a, a wristband to walk in, which meant you had to go through their health screen, which was show proof of vaccination Mm-hmm. or proof of a, of a negative COVID test within a certain period of time and and wear a mask inside the building at all times. And it, that started out where everybody was real good about it at first. But then it got to where, I mean, and guilty as charged, once it, once it passed like that first day, anytime there wasn't somebody within like 10 foot of me, sorry, 10 feet, I'm from the Midwest, so 10 <laughs> foot, uh, I, would, I would have a mask off. And, I, and quite frankly... I was in the minority when I had it on and right. I ran into I've been, on. I've been watching the live stream slowly but surely every night when I get in bed I put on you know one of the live streams and just watch a little bit of it and I, I ain't seeing no masks yeah so well, just from you know visual evidence of what I can see obviously that's not the whole convention center and everything but what I was seeing quite a quite a lack of the mask and, and not unsurprisingly that's several negatives in there <laughs> lots of people testing positive for covid here yeah, on the backside I've, of it. I've been seeing some people pop up with getting covid and i hope everybody you know is okay like that would be such a bummer like you know that was definitely something that i considered when the plan was still to go to celebration was like i've dodged the bullet <laughs> quite a few times since I've been vaccinated, you know, like I've been to some events, I've been to see tool, um, and stuff in a sold out arena. And like, somehow I've managed to dodge that bullet. Would celebration be the one that finally got me? I don't know. Um, if you guys will allow me a second, I am going to try to keep my composure, but I have to take care of something here. Um, speaking of celebration, I got a package in the mail today from our buddy Sean Hoffman. And it was Good dude. Yeah. Great uh, dude. Yeah. yeah. And it was just filled with 
so much stuff from Celebration, and it was a group effort. Oh, my goodness. Sean got stuff from a bunch of different people. Oh, wow. And put it in there, and um, it really got me. And then the (laughs) the final thing that got me was uh one of the prints from Steele's show that yeah. a bunch of people signed and wrote messages to me. Oh. And, that's uh, so cool. That's really an awesome thing for Sean to do. Thanks, buddy. Listen, uh, man. It meant a lot I know. to me. And uh I haven't had the best opinion of myself lately. So thanks guys. Oz, I know I've already told you this, man, but you are a bright shining star in this community. The people in this community love you. And there wasn't one person, sorry. There wasn't one person that knows you who didn't talk about you with me and lament that you weren't there and hope that you're doing great and, and missed you and loved you, man. Thanks guys. Um, let's talk God, about Star Wars. It in. Can we, uh, can we move on? I really appreciated <laughs> we it. We can. I really, really appreciate it is what I'm trying to say. Woo. Um, anyways, so <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I think I'm having a hard time remembering, but I think by the time we recorded last week, Will, we talked about, you know, obviously all the shows and stuff announced and all that. I think we hit Young Jedi Adventures and a Jedi Survivor. Had the trailer for that come out? Yes. Yeah, I remember you guys. I think it was a teaser. Yeah, it's it's a teaser. (laughs) So some of the stuff that we didn't get to talk about... um, because of when we recorded, because there were still two days of celebration yet. Um, one of the big ones was uh, now we know what Tales of the Jedi is. Did you go to that panel by any chance, Eric? I did. Oh, I was perfect. I I got the overflow for that, and uh, I took our friend King Tom with me as my plus one. And man, it was really cool. We didn't know what to expect at all. And if you watch the live stream of the first day, I, I, you didn't. I just listened to Blue Harvest earlier today while I was mowing the lawn, and uh, Dave Filoni was plainly drunk in that first day. Oh, really? <laughs> Go back and watch it with that in mind. He's like, "Oh man, Star Wars is so cool. Oh man, well, yeah, I mean, really, right?" But for this, he was like more normal, which told me, "Okay, I wasn't wrong about him being drunk." Yeah. But what it is. They have it's six episodes. Yes, and there are three involve Ahsoka and three involve um, Count Dooku, and they tell stories from. They're not a three episode arc. They sh- they are three different times of their lives, and it shows basically how they wound up to where we knew them. Right, I and, think it's the gist of it. And then, uh, so like. When you talk about like Count Dooku, it's young Count Dooku with Qui Gon as his Padawan, like back when Dooku was a Jedi before he fell to the dark side. Right. And I saw the uh, character, like the key art for him, and it's real slick seeing a young Dooku with a blue lightsaber, but he still Mm -hmm. uses like that curved hilt. Yeah. Real slick. 
Um, yeah, and and interestingly enough, they are using uh, oh, for Pete's sake, I just uh, uh, Liam Neeson is doing the voice of grown up a Qui Gon. Yes, but his son right. is doing the voice of young Qui Gon. Yes, and that's coming this fall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe so. Yes, uh, and. Like, one of the episodes is going to deal with, like, Ahsoka and her mom. So we're going to, like, learn about Ahsoka's mom before Ahsoka is taken to the Jedi Temple. Um, so, I got to see that episode. Yeah. I, no spoil Like, no spoilers. Like, I'll probably have you tell me about it off mic. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, okay. So I do want to say one thing. I think these stories that they're talking about telling... Super cool. Super interested in it. Can't wait to watch it. They could have called the show (laughs) something else than Tales of the Jedi, which is the same name of my favorite Star Wars comics of all time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, and and look, obviously, maybe this is just to kick this, this idea off and then down the road, they could do... Um, other tales of other Jedi and incorporate some of that ancient Star Wars history stuff that I like so much. They, maybe they could do that. Maybe we could get um, a Kiati Mundi episode. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down in season two. <laughs> um, so since you saw the episode, the the animation style is very similar to like Clone Wars and Bad Batch, yeah? It is, okay. except it's there's it's more realistic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what happened is Dave Filoni saw something that they had done, and he's like, "Well, well, I want to play with that too." And they went to this animation style where it's like the lighting and the motion of things like grass, for example. Right. Looks more real than ever. Okay. And every it, everything is very fluid, like the walk cycles. It, it looks perfect. Oof. I can't wait to see it because I'm telling you that seventh season of Clone Wars and Bad Batch are pretty stellar looking. Oh, yeah. Um, well, one thing that's cool, and I, man, I asked Randy like four different times to remind me the name of the director that it was kind of in the style of, but it's this slow burn style of storytelling, at least the episode that I saw. Yeah. And, and I heard that like uh, a lot of the episodes are going to have like minimal dialogue and stuff. Like it's going to be very visual or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which I think is a neat approach. Uh, So tales of the Jedi. Um, Then there was the bad batch panel. Did you go to that panel? I did. Okay. I did. So we found out when Bad Batch season two was coming, because um, that was a big question, um, and it's coming fall of this year. Now, with Andor being ten episodes, Bad Batch being sixteen episodes, Willow being however many episodes, and whatever the fuck Marvel is going to be doing, I think it, there is no way. For them to schedule this where multiple things aren't coming out on the same day. Yeah, I just don't see how that's possible. Right. Unless they shift to um, a model where their release day isn't the same day. You right, know what like, I mean? Right. Where Star it's predominantly Wars... Wednesdays and Fridays, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I feel like 
Yeah, for Mandalorian season one, it was always on Friday, right? And maybe even season two. And then they moved to Wednesday for all their premiere stuff. And then Kenobi's first two episodes were on a Friday. And now it's back on Wednesday. Oh, it's on Wednesdays. So, yeah, maybe Star Wars could be Wednesday. And, um, yeah, like, yeah, they could maybe they could do where Star Wars comes out on Wednesdays, Marvel comes out on Fridays or something, you know, put a couple <laughs> days in between them. Yeah. Now, something Kathleen Kennedy said was that their model will be debut with two. That's the way she phrased it. Debut with two. And I suspect that that's what they'll do going forward is have two episodes mm -hmm. on the first day, which I think is cool. It's, yes. I mean, really, look at Kenobi. We got essentially a feature length movie on yeah. day one. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. We got the, the first entry it, in the Kenobi trilogy on day one. Yeah, it drops the anchor and pulls you into the story. It gives you a baseline of where the characters are at. It catches you up. Everything you need is in that first feature film, basically. Well, and also think of it this way. Like the first episode of Kenobi, you know, very character driven dialogue. And, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, it was slower paced. There wasn't a ton of action. But it, and so, you know, you put that out. Star Wars fans, for the most part, are going to eat it up. You know, maybe the general public's reaction is like, I don't know, maybe it was a little boring. I didn't find it boring, you know. But when you put two out and then you have your second episode be so action-oriented, then it sort of takes that out of the conversation, right? Um, and I, if that's if they want to give us a, a episode like Kenobi episode one to kick off every season of Star Wars, fucking give it to me. I'll eat that Heck shit yeah. up all day. Um so the thing we all got to see was the Bad Batch Season 2 trailer. Will, did you check that out? I believe I have, yes. Boy, howdy. I'm excited. I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, it right. does. It does. Now, one thing that's funny is that was on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And that was the day they decided that we are enforcing everything. It's oh. go time. And so the the uh, staff and the security were constantly telling you to get your mask on. Not, I mean, the ones who just wouldn't comply. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, also they were walking the room hard about get your, don't even have your cell phone out. We don't want to see it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll ask, we'll make you leave. And, and it was funny because there was a guy, a couple rows ahead of, uh, of us in that bad batch panel who I thought was really close to getting kicked out. And, it, what what I found amusing, I guess, for lack of a better word, is the trailer they showed us. They're like, do not film this. And then they released the official trailer. Oh, so which they were was, different. It, and they were different. I didn't know it, that. Yeah, and I didn't even make the connection either that they were different. And it showed mostly the same stuff. It just the sequence was different. Wow. So, yeah, I'm not sure why... I mean, I get it. All here's they've been told don't let anybody film this, and then that's what they do. But right, buddy, I'm not gonna lie. Any bit of bootleg camera filmed footage I could watch from Celebration, be it the Ahsoka clip, be it uh, the Mandalorian season three stuff, I did it. I'm not too proud to admit it. I gotta see this stuff, even if it is potato quality. Um, well, yeah, right. It's got the Wookiee Padawan in it, right? This is Gunji. the trailer we're talking about. Gunji. Gunji. Yeah. Yeah. We're, okay. I've seen this video where you're watching half the ceiling for it. Like, 
I, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Um, like, I wanted to see the Mando Plus panel, which that is the only big one. Well, I mean, if you want to count the um, uh, t- the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, which they didn't put as, like, the big start of the day inexplicably. I That's the one panel, the Mando Plus panel, that I didn't get into. And so I ended up finding somebody who had filmed the entire thing from beginning to end. Oh. and. And uh, I, I've got a link for that if you want me to kick it to oh, you, if it's oh, still up. Heck but, yeah. um, dude, Ash Crossan, if you're familiar with her, mm-hmm. she hosted that panel on the big stage, and she killed it. That's she did awesome. so good, man. Yeah, it was great. I'm I'm happy to see her getting that sort of gig. Um, so, speaking of the Mando Plus panel, <laughs> uh, look, we saw the potato footage. From Ahsoka, there was a live-action ghost. There was a Hera. There was a Sabine. They brought the lady out who they've cast as Sabine. Let's fucking go. I'm excited. We like Me too. It's another one of those things, right? We knew it was coming. What other story were they going to tell? As soon as Ahsoka shows up in Mandalorian Season 2 and she's like, Where the fuck is Thrawn? You know the story that's coming and who, who the yeah, players like, have to be, but to actually get the confirmation. show right there. Yeah, when you get the confirmation of, you know, live-action Sabine, live-action Hera, uh, it's just fucking cool. Something I thought was really neat is that in... Uh, so Rebels was a big deal here at our house. Right. The kids really liked it, especially when we could binge watch it. It's just easier for them to stay involved in it. Right. But at the very in the very last episode, there's this um, mural mm-hmm. of the rebels. Yep, uh, the entire team. And in this thing, th- the the way they did it, the live action Sabine is looking at that mural the, and in it's cartoon the animated, form. Yeah, which makes total sense. Like, like it's so cool to do that. Where like, because it's artwork that Sabine did, right? Right. Oh, right. I think that is so cool and such a neat touch. It is. Um, and yeah, and to know that almost like at on some level, if you really wanted to go deep on it, you could think about rebels being told from Sabine's perspective. Mm-hmm. And buddy, like the fact that it, it, you know, it might not happen in Ahsoka, but the fact that all of this shit is going to cross over into some huge event, right, is what they're talking about, means there's a least a little bit of a possibility that I could see live action Bo Katan, Din Djarin, Boba Fett, and Sabine all on the screen together kicking ass. Oh, Sheesh. Sheesh. That'd be fire, man. Um, also, apparently, Babu Frick is going to be in Mandalorian season three. Hey, hey. I'm down. Bring old I Babu know. in. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, just some other little bits of information before we get into talking about Obi-Wan. Uh, in an interview, because, you know, uh, all these big players are out, so all the different media outlets are getting to interview, you know, the people on the shows, Kathleen Kennedy and whatnot. Uh, in fact, our buddy Steele got to interview all the Mandalorian um, cast and stuff. Um, but in an interview, Kathleen Kennedy mentioned somebody brought up the Lando series and she basically said they're waiting on Donald Glover. He's a busy dude. And when he's ready to go, they are ready to go is essentially what that's good to know. I'm so happy. 
And um, in another interview, John Favreau mentioned that he is in the process of writing Mandalorian season four. So there's going to be a fourth season of the Mandalorian coming. Nice. Um, oh and then, uh, j- like not too long before we started this, I was reading. There's um, I guess this magazine or this online newsletter called Production Weekly. This is how people find out like a lot of the code names for these Star Wars projects and stuff because there's these filings done ahead of a production. And there was something listed for a um, Star Wars project that is slated to be filmed in Los Angeles. And people were like, oh, because, you know, people know like the code name for Skeleton Crew and Ahsoka and stuff like that. They were like, oh, is this a new show? Well, signs kind of point to it being the Taika Watiti movie. So if that's the case, then maybe it will come out next year. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been a little uh, wary about saying that it's going to come out next year, when even though they said happen, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm just hoping it's, something that's been really work they've really been working on behind the scenes because like i don't want it to be rushed you know right like i really like rise of skywalker but i also can fully admit that watching it you can tell that things were probably a little rushed what with the director change and who knows rewrites and all kinds of crazy shit so take your time guys i'm a patient guy (laughs) i'll wait i'll wait so, I was really su- surprised that they didn't mention it during the future of Lucasfilm panel. But, you know, that they, they do are doing D23 this year. They are. And, and really. a Disney Plus day. Obviously, I don't think a movie announcement would be part of that. You know, like that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, they're doing a Dis- D23 and a Disney Plus day. Um, look, guys, I know how easy it is to get hyped for something. In the lead up to it, just remember your failure at the cave, the cave of Disney Plus Day last time. All right. So don't get too excited about Star Wars news. They kind of burned us on the last Disney Plus Day. All right. Just temper expectations, please. Please do that for your old pal halls. Um, you guys want to talk about this episode of Kenobi? Absolutely, I do, man. Oh, uh, yes. Will, why don't you kick it off? What is general thoughts? general thoughts the first thing i remember thinking so i'm watching it i'm watching leia and obi-wan talk and like the first thing that slaps me is like obi-wan i'm gonna need you to be a little nicer to leia like (laughs) i need you to put some respect on her name i don't like crabby obi-wan at leia you can be crabby obi-wan and all these other motherfuckers don't be crabby obi-wan to leia but i mean it evened out they had a heart to heart Mm -hmm. that was great that was wonderful uh, the next thing that I remember feeling is really, um, oh, well, I'll back up and say that uh, Reva's performance this episode, Reva. I believe the strongest so far, She's Reva. really good. Um, they've actually pronounced really it good. both ways in the show. Oh, have they? So it's a Leia, Leah type situation yeah. or a Han, Han and Han? Yeah, in the first episode, somebody refers to her as Reva, first or second episode. I'll be damned. I'm pretty sure. Man, if I'm wrong, boy, what well, would I feel stupid? <laughs> well, the, everyone will let us know. Um, 
<laughs> but <laughs> that I'm stupid. Really well. good. No, no. I mean, they let us know when we're <laughs> wrong. It's so, like somebody always sends us a little message and it's like, hey, it's that. And you're like, oh, yeah. But she's really good. I finally got to see her consequences. Like she's in direct line to Vader. Yep. So that's why she's raging all the time. If she fucks up, like it's her life through the phone. He'll snap her neck like across FaceTime. And so that explains a lot about her character to me, which I really like seeing. Um, and then the sheer fear. When Vader shows up on uh, Mesposa or uh, something, what is the name of the planet? Mapuzo. Mapuzo. Uh, when he shows up, like the fear is palpable. The direction, the the camera work, the score, mm-hmm. all of it is intense. Like I haven't felt fear in the presence of Vader like that in a long time. And man, he was snapping necks for fun. Like he was murdering, like just for the shit of it it was intense to see and then to see him obi-wan and obi-wan not really prepared it was so intense like so intense even to the very end Uh, i feel like that the worst description of all of it but that was my you know that was my takeaway from what i'm sitting here thinking about it um I think the Obi-Wan and Leia relationship continues to be a highlight of this show. Like, it's so good. I know. And it was never something I considered for this show, you know? And, like, it's such a surprise. Uh, Eric, what did you think overall thoughts? I was floored, man. Uh, the part where Leia asked Ben, are you my real dad? Wolf. And he says, I wish I could. I wish I could tell you I was. Oh my goodness. And like it made me want to cry. And the only way I could steal myself up for it was go to like make a joke mentally to myself. It's like, yeah, because he wanted to bang your mom. But <laughs> uh, it was so sweet. But then also to find out Obi-Wan feels like maybe he had a brother. I, I thought that was really interesting. interesting. Right? And yeah. they kind of just slipped that in under like slipped it in real quick, like you know what it does? It frees up the surname Kenobi to be used at any point in the future of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Good call. Uh, it kind of does, doesn't it? I never thought about that. And, like, you know what it made me immediately think of is back in the day, um, I had this little piece of trivia in my head. I believe it was from the Return of the Jedi novelization. And later, the lore text on Uncle Owen's card from the decipher star Wars card game was that uh, uncle Owen was Obi-Wan's brother. Um, I know that's not the case anymore. Like, you know, the prequels came out and they were like, nah, that's not the case, but that's immediately what it made me think of. Cause that was always this little piece of star Wars trivia I had in my head was like, uncle Owen is Obi-Wan's brother. Something that uh, this isn't just specifically about this episode, but in a way it is. <coughs> My wife, she has my wife, my wife. (laughs) She has been a Star Wars fan on like the surface level. She's not like us. She's not insane. She's not up podcasting right now (laughs) at 10 o'clock at night. But she has been captured by this show in a way that so I got home from Anaheim and I asked her if she had watched Kenobi. 
And she's like, oh, my God, yes. So Henry and I, and we did this, and I fell asleep. So I had to get up the next morning. And I had to watch it. And I was, and then, then this, and then, then this. And so she watched mm. the new episode on Wednesday night. I, I, I had to go straight to work when I got back. And so I watched it during the day with Henry so I would be ready for the Sith list. And Amanda watched it while I was gone. And she told me that in the scenes where Vader was walking through town, she was on her feet in the living room. Oh, my shit. wife, yeah. who's not into Star Wars the way we were, was on her feet like, oh, my God. And, of course, Henry's cool as a cucumber. He's like, you know he's not going to kill him. <laughs> it's like, God dang, eight-year-old kid, man. They're so smart. <laughs> but to me, that's what I want to see. Seeing somebody like my mm -hmm. wife mm -hmm. get drawn into this thing, that tells you it's damn good storytelling. It is. And, like, Obi-Wan, the show, is so good that, like, to not sound like an insane person just constantly gushing, I kind of have to look for little, the tiniest little things here and there. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, right. ah, I don't know about that. Like, I think overall... The quality of this episode was slightly lesser than the first two. Slightly. Oh, I agree. Um, you know, like the Mapuzo felt just like the planet from Mando season two, where Boba Fett shows up to get his armor back. Probably because it was shot around the same place. Right. You know? um, right. And then and the only other thing that kind of stuck out to me was in the beginning when they're putting Vader together at the Hasbro factory, uh -huh. um, his helmet was CG and it threw me off. Like just the tiniest little thing, like where the, when they dropped the helmet down onto his head, it was the CG of the helmet looked a, a little bit off to me a little bit, you know? Right. <laughs> it's this little stuff that I have to grasp at. Like it is really good. And it's at a quality that I, ex I expected it to be high quality but I did not expect specifically the writing to be as good as it is. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other thing I want to say is, you know, it starts with Obi-Wan meditating on this transport ship. Once again, calling out to Qui-Gon like Liam Neeson is showing up. <laughs> He's showing up in at least a voiceover fashion. Right. Um, uh, and, uh, Vader's castle on Mustafar looks sick as shit as always. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. I want to see if both of you guys caught this. So, you know, Vader's sitting in his big comfy chair. Reva calls in um, on the hologram phone and she's like, Kenobi will pay for the Grand Inquisitors and he cuts her off before she says whatever she's going to say. You assume she's going to say death, right? But I mm -hmm. want—I just noticed that they did not allow the character to finish that sentence. So this giant question that I have is, who the fuck is that guy? Is he the same guy from Rebels or not? Is still kind of floating out there. I kind of wonder if that is going to be her undoing towards the end of this series is that turns out the Grand Inquisitor isn't dead. And that's yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning to it or toward is that he's wounded and he's going to come out of it and 
let Vader know that she's the one that stabbed him or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Right. Now, l- <sighs> let me ask you this. What do you think is the backstory with Reva and Kenobi? I feel like it's very personal, directly related to him. Like, at first I thought, well, maybe it's just she knows that Kenobi is the key to getting her close to Vader. I still kind of think that's what it is. I I don't know, man. Like, could she possibly blame him for Order 66 and, well, and whatnot? Well, s- Something we, I'm sorry, I feel like I keep interrupting you. I don't mean to. Something that we keep kicking around is that, that possibly, you know, the, I'm just going with the assumption that the little girl, Padawan getting away was Reva. Yes, I think that is the case. I'm wondering if something happened where Obi-Wan, like, she thought that he saw them and decided not to save them or we'll find out something occurred where he failed to save those kids and she blames him for it. That would be brutal. (laughs) That would be brutal. Because he was away on Utapau, right? Well, well, he comes back to the temple shortly after he and uh, Yoda kick a bunch of ass and storm the temple. Remember? And he sees like, the hologram and he of, used the hollow recordings of Anakin throwing down. Right. Right. Oh, and speaking of Anakin killing younglings, uh, it was pointed out on Twitter by someone that in the inquisitors office, their boardroom where they, they talk about TPS reports and shit. Uh-huh. They have youngling helmets and lightsabers on display like trophies. Oh. Bro. Oh my goodness. There that one guy's over there going, Someone took my lightsaber. <laughs> uh so <laughs> I wonder Sorry. if Vader is you know, you saw him killing like young people. I wonder if he's killing the folks that are force sensitive. Well, I think they all are. I think they like if he can are. No, I mean like when he was going through the city and it seemed oh. random. No, I I, like think, I wonder if he can feel the kids that are in like, I think it's probably just random, random and hateful. Yeah. And I think, you it know, makes big, more villainous sense. Yeah. And a big part of that was trying to get Kenobi to make yeah. a move. Come um, on, stop me. Does, Look that, what I'm doing. I, yeah. Come on, yeah. hero. Um, I got to say, despite the fact that he was a total fucking turd. I love that new alien species, the mole guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Voiced I, by Zach Braff. Oh wow, I did not realize that. Yep. Right on. A little piece of Star Wars trivia. Yep, he could do it all on his own or he can't do it all on his own. Um and like them like the ride with uh Obi Wan and Leia where they have all these conversations and she's like, <sighs> You knew her, my real mother. Like and here's a question. I, I proposed this to steal on um, our Hall's Calls that we did on the Blue Harvest Patreon. Is that a way to explain how Leia remembers her mom in Return of the Jedi? Did she catch some force memory when she was reading Obi-Wan of Padme? And then as she gets older, she like her mind interprets that as a memory of her mom? Because that's always been something people bring up is like, how does Leia 
remember her mom and people would just be like, it's the force. Cause that's the answer to everything. The force vision. Yeah. Um, I mean, in this case it would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, something, this actually just came up this week and I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but I remember things as a young, young child that I'm not exactly sure if I remember it or I'm remembering pictures of it. I've, I've got a little, I think everybody's got a little bit of that, right? Like, and so, yeah. When, I'll tell you right now, I, for the longest time, had a memory of seeing the deleted Luke and Big scene from A New Hope, right? Well uh-huh. before there was like, you know, DVD extras that contained that and stuff. And the more I think about it, I'm pretty sure I read about it in a magazine. When I was really, uh, really young, you know, talking six, first or second grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> the I think, you know, the next sort of big scene is Obi-Wan versus the stormtroopers at the checkpoint. And shout out to the stormtrooper getting cut in half by the laser gate. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. But that was pretty cool. But awesome. Um, why didn't they just go around that one side of the fence? I wasn't going to bring you up, but I'm glad you did. I wasn't going to do that, but I, since you did, let's, oh, let's walk through that door. Why the hell did they not run around the far end of that shit? I don't know. I, cause like, I think I, in my wheelchair could have gotten around that somehow if I really wanted to. I mean, I get not going around the edge with the guard tower, pain yeah. in the ass. It's like climbing a half a fucking mountain. Mm-hmm. But the other end, this basically just a laser receiving post. Yep. And a rock, maybe. Yeah, I thought the same damn thing. Um, and then we meet. Um, Tala. I thought he's gonna drive the thing through there. I was like, oh, he's dropping the gate. He's gonna drive the nope. speeder. Nope. Nope. We meet uh, Tala. Played by Indiria Varma. Um, mm-hmm. Now we have that entire couple from Game of Thrones represented in Star Wars because her and um, Pedro Pascal were a thing in Game of Thrones. Um, oh. And she, I think she is a really interesting character. She's like an imperial officer who's a double agent. And like she says, like at this one point, she's like, you know, I, I joined up and realized it was a mistake or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And now what she. Much like Han Solo. Yeah, and now what she does is help people, um, you know, get to safety, escape the Empire. And it seems like a lot of them are Jedi or Force-sensitive people. Is this the first time we've heard, like, I know the term Force-sensitive has been thrown around for the longest time. Like, is this the first time we've heard it said in Star Wars, the term Force-sensitive? Like, you know. Honestly, the exact same thought went through my mind and mm-hmm. I brushed it off as, Oh, I'm sure they've said it before. I'm I sure did, someone said it, I but it know. went through my, I was like, she just said force sensitive. Like, I don't know that anyone else has said that. I don't have like a full dialogue memory of like clone wars or rebels or anything like that. But I don't remember it being in any of the movies. And, and it's one of those terms. Like I almost want to say the first time I, encountered the term for sensitive was the role-playing games, the old pen and paper role-playing games from back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did think that was neat, but 
the thing I thought was the neatest was them giving Quinlan fucking Voss a shout out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And saying how he helps them from time to time. And buddy, I immediately thought of our buddy Sal. Like, how could you not? Yeah, same. I texted him and I'm like, hey, have you watched the episode yet? I Just... did the exact same yeah. thing because I watched it, you know, when I got home from work on Wednesday, but I didn't want to give it away if he didn't. So I was just like, hey, man, have you seen the episode yet? And he was like, no, I'm at work. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, um, text me and tell me what you thought of it. <laughs> and yeah, I was I... just dying to hear from him. Oh, yeah. And I, I haven't followed back up with him. I got to meet him in person finally. Yeah, it was great. What a good dude. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. He's and he's a mailman now. Yep. And he is oh, in awesome. crazy good shape. I bet. Oh my god. He's a martial artist. <laughs> he yeah. look, he looks like a freaking model, man. His his he's in such well, good shape. Since they fucking um look, I think my dream of hashtag make the EOP fart has gone with the wind. I don't think we're gonna see that in Kenobi. Hey. Well, now that it's established hey. that he's alive. I think we need to make the hashtag make Sal Voss hashtag a thing, guys. All right? They're not going to make the EOP fart, but we can put our efforts behind something way cooler even. Um, Well, if you – that opens the opportunity for him to show up somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Either in the show or in the rest of the setting. So Araj hit him up and asked him, you know, once they had talked about it and said, do you think that we'll see Quinlan on the show? And he said, no, because I don't remember filming it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we'll see him either. Um, Partially because I don't want it to be anybody but Sal. But let me tell you, after finding out the fucking steel was in the first episode, if next episode they show up on Jabim and Sal is playing Quinlan Voss, it won't be that big of a surprise at this point because I live in crazy world where my friends are now canon in Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I refers to, at, this, at Steele's live show, I referred to him as a screen-used piece of memorabilia. Nice. <laughs> but, oh, now, so this opens the door. Has anybody seen, has anybody tried to pause this and translate everything yes. that's written on there so i've seen three all right I, I saw people passing around three different ones one of which was caleb doom which is canaan so right. not only was voss on the wall so was canaan sal's other dude <laughs> that would have been like if you know i was in high school and i wrote tool and corn on the bathroom wall you know what i mean right <laughs> Um, now, th- this opens the door for it being Quinlan Voss that got Grogu out of the temple. It sure does. It, that's a possibility now. Oof. Oof, man, that's cool. Um, and then the other two that I saw were, I believe, comic characters that I'm not super familiar with. Like, the the images I saw had the screen capture and then images of the people whose names were on the wall and they were both two Jedi, but they were from like the comics. Um, and I wasn't super familiar with them. Like I said, um, the, so then fucking Vader shows up, right? 
and it's like a Friday the 13th movie in Star Wars. Like replace the mining town with a, a shitty summer camp and replace Vader with Jason Voorhees and there you are. I loved that part so much. He was so oh. scary. God, you're so right. You're so right. He was terrifying. Yeah. I have never been that scared of Darth Vader. Probably since I was yeah, a little kid. Same. And just like not saying a word. Not even in Rogue One. Rogue One was like it was cool. That was cool, Vader. And like it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like cool, flashy Vader. This was like silent, slow murderous intent Vader and it was something and um when he and Obi-Wan meet up and 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 Obi-Wan's like what have you become and he's like I am what you made me like that is some fucking real good dialogue between those two people wow and like the look on Obi-Wan's face when he sees what Anakin has become that makes the show worth it. That makes Anakin and uh, that makes Vader and Obi-Wan meeting up again before a new hope worth it. That like, cause these were things I had issues with con conceptually before. Right. Yeah. They have done nothing but make me sound like a fool because it's real good. Well, anytime the phrase, as long as they do it right, comes up, this is what you need to think about. Cause exactly. they freaking nailed it. Um, and you know, I it's thought Obi Wan's real first taste of the horror firsthand. Yes. So like he saw the recordings mm-hmm. and he showed up for Mustafar after party, but uh, you know, this is the first time he's really seen him. Well, I mean, we know the first time we've seen him, you know, half robot, yep. but really slaughter people in front of him. And I, I, it, it brings that line. You know, what have you become? That brings it home really hardcore. And like I thought there like how cool was it to see a lightsaber duel again? It's been a while. It's been since Roger yeah. Skywalker. You know, because they don't really yeah. do that in in Mando, understandably okay. and stuff. But like it was so cool. I wanted to ask you, is it a little different? Like, are the lightsabers a little different? Yes. Is there less like crackle and fuzz? And- oh, so something so the thing is, is you know, now, you know, back in the day they would have, you know, these carbon rods that that they would then go in and rotoscope the lightsaber effect over. Now what they use are like essentially lightsabers like Eric makes. Right. 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 And they do that so that the lightsabers actually cast realistic light on the actors and stuff. Which looks incredible, by the way, when Obi-Wan is in the dunes and stuff. It didn't seem like they went in and amped up, because they they also go in like in post and make it look more even more like a lightsaber. But there were a couple of shots that I'll admit, like there's one where Obi-Wan is holding his saber in front of him, like sort of pointing it at Vader, that it kind of just looked like, you know, a really nice you know, lightsaber that you would see in, in the real right. world, you know? Um, I did notice that. And uh, once again, something that I would never have caught on my own, I saw this as a comparison on Twitter. There's this scene where Obi-Wan is holding his saber and Vader is just like hacking away at it. Mm-hmm. And they had put the gif of that next to the gif from Return of the Jedi of Luke hacking away at Vader's saber at the end uh-huh. of Return of the Jedi, and it's like 
damn near identical. It's so interesting. That's what it reminded me of when I saw it. And, you know, that's like symbolic of finally freaking lost it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And like Vader's so angry. Like, and, and by the way, shout outs, James Earl Jones fucking sounds great. Like, uh, yeah, I just thought it was awesome. I don't know why they chose to keep that a secret and act like it was hush hush that he was doing the voice ahead of time. But boy, did it make me happy that it was him. Um, what did you guys think about sort of the final moments of their fight? Like with the whole fire thing and all of that. Will, why don't you kick it off? I, it was evil, I guess, in an intent to make Obi-Wan suffer. Um, in a similar way that he suffered that in a similar way that he suffered, I will I don't know. There's, uh, there was something about it that made me feel like Vader was stronger than that. Like he could have stopped Obi-Wan getting away if he wanted to. Um, he may have just let him go. I don't know because it gives his life purpose now. I'm not sure. I but agree. But it kind of felt like if Vader really wanted to, he could have stopped it. Or he could have crushed that droid across the fire. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's... The, the fire got him nostalgic. You know? <laughs> Uh, I, I will say the visual of uh, Vader being lit by the f- the flames, sick, real sick. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But your your uh, observation there of like, um, I don't know that Obi Wan would have been able to get away that easily. Like you know, right? I have seen that going around. I also agree. They, you know, it's a show. It's a movie. Whatever. Again, I'm very forgiving. Like it didn't upset me. You know, okay. what I'm but these are just. What about this? All right, hear me out. They establish in um, Friday the third, uh, Freddy versus Jason, right? That Freddy is afraid of fire. Jason is afraid of water. It's 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 the the two things that turned them into the monsters they became. Maybe Vader's super afraid of fire, and he's like, "I ain't walking through that. Uh uh-uh. uh, you're not getting me near the flames anymore." I don't know. I don't know. It, I again I thought I had I thought I had in the moment that I didn't remember just now. It's like I thought growing up I thought his like suit was like flame retardant or something. I, I guess because it, it looked like a fireman's suit or whatever. Right. But I just thought he would have walked right in there. Yeah. You know, he would have walked slow, you know, slow serial killer walk through there as his cape burns off or some shit. No. Oh. <clears throat> um what were you gonna say, Eric? I feel like with Obi-Wan tr- not being able to get away. I I think there's several factors there. One, he's just absolutely appalled and afraid of what Anakin's become. And some part of him feels like I maybe I can turn this around. But I think he's just scared to death. Oh, yeah. He's scared to death. Terrified. That this person he loved is now this absolute monstrosity. And there's got to be some part of him that wonders if this is my fault. Oh, re- oh buddy. Oh. I th- yeah, I think they're driving that home by the, by the very nature of how many times they've played the sound clip of uh, Qui-Gon going, Obi-Wan, I want you to train the boy. You know, like... Yeah, I think that's 100% the case, that he feels like it's his fault some. For sure, for sure. 
I I thought it was cool that he was, this is what you did to me. This is what I'm going to do to you. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that he said, you should have killed me. Mm -hmm. Yep. But uh, I was a little concerned that, oh, my God, if suddenly he ages from being in the fire and because you know the, the yep. Yep. you keep hearing oh. people say are they going to explain how he aged so much uh. i said the goddamn explanation is that it's a different actor that's why and it's stupid to to i'm sorry i shouldn't say stupid people have their opinions but i i find it weird that it's even remotely a concern yeah i you know what i get out of my brain because i'm sitting there thinking man i hope he doesn't come up with, with the gray hair off all white george clooney <laughs> i don't think they're gonna, i guess we'll find out next episode i don't think they're gonna do that hey um, real real quick i want to double back on something that this I, I meant to say it earlier and forgot when you know the idea of how does reva know that the that's anakin skywalker and that uh all of that right I wonder if, you know, she talks about she went into the archives and found this connection between Obi-Wan and Bail Organa. If she saw the, the same hollow vid that, that uh, Yoda and Obi-Wan looked at where he's, you now shall be known as Darth Vader, that whole thing. I think you might be. I didn't think about that, but that's a good guess. That's a real good I guess. It, I really think it goes deeper than that. I think Reva is Darth Vader's Sith Ahsoka. Like, I think he has been... Uh, I don't think so. Because everybody's so surprised when she talks to him. Like, in, in like, in even... She is like, yeah, I talked to Lord Vader. You know what I mean? I don't think there's this master and apprenticeship thing going on. It may lead to that, right? And that seems like what she's interested in, kind of. Um like she definitely want like she even says like when this is all over I'll be the one at his side meaning she'll become right. the new grand inquisitor but I don't think they've had some previous association to before this well I just feel like you know she's got such a hatred for Obi-Wan if you know if Darth Vader was like torturing her slash training her and talking about Obi-Wan and what a piece of shit he was and what he did to him, you know, it would explain why she knew Anakin and, you know, why she knew, why she hated Obi-Wan. See, I kind of feel like if you're an Inquisitor, like, uh, and talk, and talking as someone who has done some, been doing a lot of new job training, uh, I feel like maybe like day two on Inquisitor training, they're like, okay, look. So you guys are going to be Inquisitors. You're going to be hunting down uh, fleeing Jedi. Um, force-sensitive kids and individuals. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Now, there's uh, there's two guys ahead of you. <laughs> there's the Emperor, and there's this guy, Darth Vader. The first thing you need to know is if you ever come across a Jedi named Obi-Wan Kenobi, let us know, because Darth Vader has a thing for that guy. <laughs> like, I think it it's just, like, something you, like... It's well known. I don't know. The, the her knowing Anakin thing is uh it is kind of weird because I always thought that was something that was sort of kept secret, right? Even it, within the Empire. Yeah. yeah, canonically in like the books and stuff, it's there's been whispers of speculation. Right. 
Uh, but nobody knows for sure. Like, not even Tarkin. Well, isn't there um, a, a part where in one of the Thrawn books, I think I remember somebody talking about that, Thrawn deduces that he's Anakin? Yeah. 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 And it's because, like, you know, Thrawn, he's, ooh, he's super smart. That's, like, the one in that book where he's, and I know this isn't, but this is how it felt to me, where they're on the ship and Vader's using the Force to navigate because the computer, the the hyperspace computer's down, right? Uh-huh. And Thrawn's telling them about how, you know, this is the Force-sensitive people uh, if, of his race. That's what they do. And he's like, you know what they call it? Skywalking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to see if he'll yeah. react. And uh, I thought, God, you blue bastard. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, uh, you guys want to continue this conversation in the voicemails and emails segment because segment, I have a feeling that's what they're all going to be about. Can I throw one last thing yeah, out? Of course. Uh, so one of the things I've seen, you know, because inevitably to me, it's like this is going to be the one thing that everybody loves and nobody bitches about. Boy, was I wrong. But one of the things I've seen is people are saying how young Leia, there's no way that a 10 year old would be that smart would be that uh wrong yeah i'm gonna tell you right now i got a 10 year old daughter yeah she is smart as can be and she will not hesitate to make you feel like the stupidest old man that has ever walked the face of the earth kids are freaking brutal and one of the things i loved is that pablo hidalgo tweeted that he wished Carrie Fisher were still around uh-huh. to tell all these people how wrong they are because right. 10 year old Carrie Fisher was probably quite a bit like this young girl. And it, you see everything that we see in Leia. Leia is only what? 19 in a new hope. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. You don't develop that sort of take on life just in the back half of your no. years on earth she that is spot on and i'm telling you right now that is exactly what my daughter's like except for wanting to be outside she's way more into playing on her ipad but past <laughs> that man that's this, it's <clears throat> definitely the thing yeah i totally agree i think the young leia stuff is great and it's so surprising how good it is like i, I, I so to anybody that doesn't think that's a 10 year old kid doesn't have kids anyone that that's coming from is coming from somebody that doesn't have kids yeah agreed all right let's hear from some friends
First up, we got our buddy King Tom. Let's hear what he has to say. Oh, 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 oh. No, messing it up. Hey there, Oz and Will. Hope both of you are doing great. Um, celebration this year was a lot of fun. Both of you were very missed. I will say, though, that I, I'm really excited and stoked about everything that we saw, even if, you know, the little greedy Star Wars fan uh, part of me would have liked to have gotten more in terms of other stuff that we don't know officially that we're getting yet. Uh, but like I said, everything that we saw that we're going to be getting in the future, uh, I'm really excited about. Uh, the one thing that I'm, I wanted to talk about today, um, Tales of the Jedi. Uh-oh. I was lucky enough to be in the panel for that, and I think it's a really cool idea telling, you know, stories kind of related stories of, of two different Jedi. And, you know, it was just this idea Filoni had, and they basically told him, if you can find the money for it, we'll do it. And so they're doing it. And I hope that it's able to be enough of a success and that it gets good enough feedback that we get, you know, a second season or a chapter or whatever they want to call it. And I hope they use different Jedi. I, I do hope they use... Jedi from not the prequel era, like Rey or Luke students or High Republic uh, Jedi. The one thing is, and you know, I only saw the trailer the one time, but it looked like you know they sh- they showed a scene where Ahsoka is facing off against some guy in a mask, and I could swear that he had an Inquisitor lightsaber. And if I had to guess, I would say that they are retelling the story that they told in the Ahsoka novel of how Ahsoka got her crystals for her white lightsabers, which I think I'm okay with. And I wanted to ask you guys, how do you feel about them taking stories that have been told in other formats, like books or comics, even video games? You could do something about Cal Kestis and Marin. I think that's her name, right? Uh, how do you feel about them them doing that? Because I think if they could tell, a, a, have it be part of a bigger story like they are with Ahsoka... I think that would be a great way to use the medium. And I even think that would be a way to tell some of the High Republic stories about certain High Republic Jedi in animated form. And I just hope that if they do that, that they keep it mostly consistent with the other version that we got. Uh, But I want to see what you guys thought of it. And, you know, I'm always interested in hearing what you guys have to say. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. And I'll talk with you later. Man, uh, so real quick, I can't believe I forgot to mention it. They also announced another season of Star Wars Visions, and it's coming spring of next year. Okay. Oh yeah, I forgot. About that. Can't wait. Um, I really like that idea for a couple of reasons because if they put it in animated form and they followed the book, you know, fairly closely, or that section of the book, obviously they're not, they're not going to do the whole book. Um, you know, I think it, it would be cool to see that. And the other thing is, is maybe like, 
it has this uh, trickle-down effect where people see that and they're like, oh, that's really cool. And then you could be like, oh, well, that's actually from the Ahsoka book or this book or whatever. It might get people to check those out. Um, uh, you know what they could do, though? They've got this comic series that they could adapt parts of called Tales of the Jedi, right? <laughs> they could do that. That would be neat. <laughs> Uh, what do you guys think? Eric, why don't you hit this one first? Well, I I like the books a lot, but I am not averse to them retelling some of these stories in some sort of live action or animated form. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, man. You love these stories and you love these characters, but anything that moves is going to trump anything in print. It just is. And if you like the stories and you like the characters, you want more people to know about it. And Mm -hmm. I realize maybe part of it's like, no, this needs to be our secret club that only the people who read these books know. But I, I love seeing it. And if they make, if they change things slightly, like, like take the Ahsoka novel, for example, I liked it, but there are things that I think they could have done better if they had a little more time. Mm hmm. And if they change up what happens in that book, even slightly, I mean, I think you could view it as a point of view sort of thing. Yeah. It's two different people telling you the same story. Yeah, I think that's, honestly, I think going forward, the best way to approach watching stuff is kind of fast and loose and say it's a point of view thing. Because we've seen that they're willing to play fast and loose with it. Just like, you know, we talked about the opening of Bad Batch season one and how Kanan's um, escape from Order 66 is different than it is in those comics. I think that's the best way to approach it. Right. And, you know, there's so many things, but let's let's face it. Uncle George it totally did that with the prequels. Oh, he was fast we, and loose. <laughs> yeah, we work hard trying to rectify the differences. Mm-hmm. Well, the, it, the reason for the difference is he's like, oh, man, you know what? I wish I would have done. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and so sometimes that's just okay and i'll tell you something else i hope that if they are adapting already existing stories that they give the people who wrote the existing story a writing credit, credit they should for, they absolutely for should and that um the one other example i wanted to throw out is like so my boss he is the senior pastor of my church and he, i've been with him for 14 years I've heard him tell some of the same stories several times, as one is wont to do, right? Mm-hmm. Well, every time he tells it, there's slightly different or or more detail. Right. And that's just how stories get told because you'll remember things one time differently and later. Something. Yeah, like yeah, and so I to me, I'm fine with it. Yeah. What do you think, Will? Yeah, I mean. I love the tales of the Jedi. I love those stories. I don't need it to be <clears throat> beholden to exactly those stories or even those characters. You could take those characters and twist them up a bit, you know, give them different names. But like you guys said, if they do use something, you know, that someone else wrote, they deserve writer's credit. But yeah. a lot of what's there is ripe for the picking. I mean, Odan Ur, be- like the library Jedi, Exar Kun, like the super Sith badass, like I, um... all those. The Keldroma. I'll be honest with you. Whatever. Both Star Wars and Marvel 
have not been great about that. Like, uh, yeah. there's a whole ass character created by Chuck Wendig, who's a big part of Mando and Book of Boba Fett, who <laughs> they have not credited him for that, you know? So, like, they definitely, mm-hmm. across the board with Star Wars and Marvel, uh, they need to be better about that. I absolutely agree with that. Let me ask you about that particular point. Do you think that's an isolated to that character because of the relationship the author has with Lucasfilm now? Or do you think that's just how they treat? I don't think so. I think it's a corporate angle trying to shill out less money to as few artists as possible. It could be that. Like, I don't know that, like, because I don't know how these type of things work. I don't even know that he would be owed money for using Cobb Vanth. Because when you work for Lucasfilm or where you work for Star Wars or Marvel, you are working for hire, right? Like... You, you, everything you create is theirs, right? Like that their was, intellectual property exactly, while you're there, right? Exactly. But I do feel like at the very least he's owed a credit. And like I said, if it was just that isolated incident, it would be one thing. But we've seen this with Marvel um, several times. So I don't think it has anything to do with him specifically as it is just a shitty way of operation. And I think you're right because like there's a real famous thing and I think this was the first time people gave this sort of thing any thought on a bigger scale is remember the super successful Taco Bell ads with the talking Chihuahua. Mm -hmm. The guy who developed that technique and that technology and came up with it. Taco Bell got rich over that. I mean, it's even with merchandising and things. And that guy got his salary for working for the company, right? The the advertising company. The advertising company got paid a boatload of money, yep, ec- extra because of the success of it, right? right? That guy got his normal pay. That's what he got. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, we've got one from our buddy Jim. Good evening, Oz and Will. How the fuck are you, awesome gentlemen, doing? I wanted to talk to you about Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, so. First off, Reva is becoming like such an interesting character. It's like drawing my attention from the main plot. Uh, I mean, from Obi Wan and Darth and uh, even Leia. I, I mean, it's she. You know, I'm so curious about. You know, I, I assume that she was one of those younglings, like Will said, and uh, you know, some shit went down before Obi Wan and Yoda showed back up and started screw effing up clone troopers. I'm sure they'll wait till uh, episode five to dedicate a whole episode to her. But the rooftop scene where she did that parkour, um, I was fully expecting her to do like a matrix jump and use the helicopter lightsaber, man. And I've never wanted that in my whole life to see in live action. But man, now I've got an itch. Now I kind of I'm ready for it. I want to see it. Nope. I thought it was interesting they, when uh, Darth Vader said in the new episode, when he said, I am what you made me, they apparently used James Earl Jones's voice and um, Hayden Christensen as, as a mix uh, and came up with what we heard. I thought that was interesting. I was worried they wouldn't be able to get James Earl Jones and maybe, you know, it'd totally be silent. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't have any words at all. But, I mean, that'd be kind of messed up, you know, all the messed up stuff he's done and just, uh, you know, give him the cold show, give him the silent treatment, ghost his ass, that would be messed up. 
I got an idea for Steele's character. Oh, Obi-Wan has a brother? What the fuck? They just slipped that in there. <laughs> I have an idea for uh, Steele's character. Um, Nori Nobrak. If we said that was his name, because it's uh, iron and carbon backwards, uh, so... You know, iron with carbon makes steel. So uh, I know it's cheesy, but if not that, uh, dig this. No Brack Calican. Oh. What if that was his character's name? But my, that's mm. sort of my question. What do you guys uh, think would be a good uh, character name for the certain, uh, from a certain point of view, that's going to eventually happen? Oh man, a character like. I'm so stuck on Ajax Citizen being his character name. I can't. You want to know, like, one of the things that is a creative roadblock for me is naming characters, right? Like, whether it be playing D&D with Will, I always have a trouble, always have trouble coming up with a character. If it's a video game where you have to name yourself, <laughs> like, nine times out of 10, if I'm playing, if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to play a good character. I name my character, Jack Shepard, the guy from lost. And if it's a bad character, I name him Creed Bratton from the office. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I am not the dude to come up with a name for Steele's character other than Ajax citizen. Um, I will say this. Steele said that he thought up a whole backstory for his character, and I can't wait till he says what that is. I oh, that's going to be mm. epic. That Nori Nobrak, that's an interesting idea, though. Man, that, a lot. Jim, I bang, think, man. That was that was a good that's idea. That's pretty good. I think that is an excellent idea. How it's, what, what was it? Steel. It's pretty steel, classic Star Wars, too. Iron and carbon backwards, and iron and carbon mm -hmm. make steel. That is fucking real big brain shit from Jim. I'm not going to yeah. lie. And it sounds like a star Wars name. Like it really does. Nori Bracken. Yeah. That's a good one, Jim. That's a good Nori. One. No Brack. No Brack. So oh. naming characters is hard for me too. in Elden ring. I named my character. It's she, a female, um, vagabond. Uh, I named her Arthuria Morgani because <laughs> I love red dead redemption. So much. That's funny. Nice. That's funny. That's good. <clears throat> All right. We got um, a voicemail from Kyle. I don't know that Kyle's ever sent a voicemail in before. Um, and uh, then we'll get to emails. Hi, how's and Will? It's KJ. I just moved to LA this year and also went for a job change myself. A month ago, I took my girlfriend to the Star Wars bar Scum and Villainy for her first time. We were walking there in Hollywood and past this ratchet strip club called Deja Vu. I saw one of their promos and couldn't believe it. It had the same name and spelling as your new Patreon show, Rogue 2. Keep it clean. Oh, you know it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hold on now. And he sent a picture of it and sure enough, it's a it's a strip club with a promotion called Rogue 2. Is that where Johnny got the idea from? Am I putting am I putting pieces together here? I love Maybe that he's he running a secret promotion in Hollywood at the moment. <laughs> I love that he referred to it as a ratchet strip club. Uh, so I used to be a different person than I am now. Mm -hmm. And deja vu, 
I'm not telling you how I know, but it's a chain. Oh, (laughs) there are Uh, multiple deja vu's. And there used to be one, or there's probably still is one in Springfield, Illinois, that I used to patronize quite (laughs) regularly at a very dark time in my life. That's where like my drinking problem really took off. And uh, yeah, and I, you know what though, man, I don't. It wasn't. It was. It it wasn't bad. But (laughs) but I was gonna say just as a joke. That's where I met my wife. But that is so not true. (laughs) Nah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Um, I've been to some shady strip clubs. I was about to say. There's always a difference between the A team and the B team, and clearly. If you're in the B team squad, it feels ratchet. Well, there's just I mean it's 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 also by club too, I think. Regardless, we got an email from Sam. Sam says, mm-hmm. "Howdy Halls and Will. I hope you fellas are doing great. I'm writing this before Kenobi. Remember, we didn't have a chance to do emails last week. Comes out because I'll be traveling back home from my honeymoon and will probably forget to write it while I'm rushing through an airport. This week I have just a couple of questions for you fellas." Uh, first, which Star Wars movie have you seen the most? What about the least? Uh, okay, well, we'll kick this off first. I would say the one I've seen the most is probably Empire Strikes Back. And the one I've seen the least is probably The Rise of Skywalker, just because it's the newest one. Um, and a lot of times I'll start what I think is going to be a full movie marathon and I get distracted and start watching YouTube videos. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, Will? What's the one you've seen the most and the one you've seen the least? Oh, man. For the most, it's probably Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. just because that was my favorite when I was young, young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I had to count up all those times, it's probably Return of the Jedi that I've seen the most. Uh, least, I'll say Rise of Skywalker, because, again, I don't think I've seen that I've watched it maybe once since it came out in theaters and I just don't get a whole lot of time to myself to watch star Wars movies. So like you said, because it was the most recent, it's probably the one I've seen the least. Eric, the least is definitely rise of Skywalker and not because I don't like the film. It's just, it's, it's yeah, it's the newest. And, and when I have time to watch a star Wars movie, I don't dislike it, but it's definitely not my favorite. The most is for me is definitely new hope. Because, like, whenever I was younger, obviously, you didn't have the home release of every movie available at your fingertips. But one of my friends had New Hope on Laserdisc. And we watched that one summer. We watched it every day. And, (laughs) and, you know, so over the course of a summer, we easily watched it 75 times. And that was just that summer. Wow. And so and, you know, since then, I've seen it boatloads of times. And before that, I'd seen it also. Yeah, that's cool. So he says, next, did you hear about Kiati Mundy's very, very brief cameo in the book Brotherhood? I was reading it and got so excited during the council scene. They mentioned that mentioned that Kiati has injuries from his recent duel with General Grievous. Does that mean that the scene from the original Clone Wars series could now be adapted into the current canon? How would you guys like to see that lightsaber duel adapted? I think that's exactly what's being referenced. I would like to point out that Ki-Adi Mundi survived a, a duel with Grievous, apparently. 
And secondly, there's what you do in Tales of the Jedi Season 2, Kiati Mundi versus General Grievous, a readaptation of that scene from the Gindi Tarakoski Clone Wars. Um, I just had a brain fart. Uh, finally, I've been seeing all this hype for the Grand Inquisitor during the Kenobi press tour. Every time I see the actor's name, Rupert Friend, my mind translates it to Rupert Grint from Harry Potter. Ron Weasley as the Grand Inquisitor, Inquisitor would have slightly different vibes. Anyway, <laughs> thank all you fellas. Thank you for all, all you fellas do. Let's hope Kenobi is just as amazing as the trailers make it out to be. Have a great week and keep on doing what you do. Best wishes, Sam. Um, what the fuck ever happened to that Ron Weasley kid? Like, what does... Did he just take his Harry Potter money and run? Like, I remember there was like um, tabloid pictures of him hitting a giant bong. There's no way that ruined his career. It's 2022. No. Like, what happened to Ron Weasley? He ain't been in shit since Harry Potter. A lot of times those guys do theater. They'll uh, do... Yeah stints in theater he probably he i don't know this i don't know anything about the dude that did ron weasley but i mean he may just be living off of his famous money macaulay culkin style that could be very well what it is all right we got one more email then we're going to call it a night we're going to let eric get back to what he needs to do this is from robert hey guys just wanted to share my thoughts on episode three of obi-wan the show is so heartbreaking and the emotions are so strong, but maybe that's just because of the history that we as the audience are aware of, which makes sense from a writing slash directing standpoint. Like when Ben was talking to the stormtroopers and called Luma Leia, then said he sees her mother's face when he looks at her. It broke my heart. And the scene of Vader suiting up at the beginning, I literally felt fear for some reason that I can't explain. The raw emotion in this show is just so good. I can't wait for the second half of this show. What the second half of this show may bring. May the force be with you, Robert. I mean, buddy, you just kind of uh, agreed with how we feel about this episode. I uh, yeah don't have much more to add than uh, I agree with you. It's fucking awesome. Crazy that it's already halfway over. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I have a feeling... Because wasn't there an article that said this was like the most watched Disney Plus premiere yet or something? Yeah. And uh, really? uh, uh, Ewan McGregor actually mentioned that in a video that he shot that um, like he, he posted on the socials. Oh, yeah. And he also mentioned, uh, and I can't believe I didn't think to bring this up. <sighs> Guys, forgive me. It's fucked up that people are being racist toward Moses Ingram Ingram that plays Reva. And what sucks is it's not surprising. It's not surprising that it's happening because it's always the same fucking shitheads that do it. It's always the same shitheads. And it's fucking and there's no gross. reason for that. And good on. She's a talented yeah. performer who's giving a stellar performance, who's been an amazing member of this cast. There is no reason to shit no. on that woman. She's doing a fantastic job. Yep. 
Yep. You know, and the unfortunate part is, is not only has that happened, but people who genuinely don't like her character for whatever reason, everybody's entitled to their opinion, even when they're wrong, is uh, they're claiming to be attacked by Disney. And, you know, I saw a thing. Lucasfilm continues to attack fans with vile tweets and they're referencing the their, you know, 10,000 sentient species or whatever it was. uh, Don't choose to be racist. That's all they said. That is all they said. And they're claiming that it's it's the same. If if that hurts your feelings, there's only one reason that that would hurt your feelings. Really? That's exactly it. And it's the same people with the same fucking bullshit fucking excuses every time and like shut up and go away all right just go away i saw somebody on twitter mention in regards to all that that they have always wanted to go to star wars celebration but they don't think they ever will because of stuff like that and people were quick to point out that those aren't the people who go there yeah right they're not they're just not and I mean, they, uh, some of them might, but they hang out with their little fucking troll friends in a mm-hmm. corner and, you know, they'll very quiet, you know, quickly be shouted down and get the fuck out of here, yeah. you know, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, Eric, buddy, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Yeah, man, I'm super happy to. I love you guys. You know that yeah. I'm always telling you guys that on the side. You're you're quite frankly just the best Star Wars podcast around and oh, your chemistry is amazing. That. And you're two really good dudes too, which makes it even all the better. Um, listen, you guys need to, if you don't already, you should be checking out the bad motivators and the Sith list where quality quality, where Eric, uh, does his, his thing. Um, that Sith list, it sure is something. I'm telling y'all, it's like the slipknot of star of pop culture podcast. There is a lot of people on that show. <laughs> and Eric's one yeah. of them. That is true. Um, it reminds me of a super group, you know, like the it kinda is. or something. It kinda is. It's kinda like um, That's what it feels like. Um uh it's it's kind of like uh Araj gathered the podcasting infinity stones. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, he just snapped his fingers. Yep. Yep. Um, so check out those podcasts. Follow Eric on Twitter at buddy. Eric Strathers. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. If you haven't already, if you enjoy the theme song, please check out the band who are kind enough to provide the music. They are stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And check out high potion the video game podcast I do with our buddy Steve if you're into video games and we will talk to you next week with another episode of Obi-Wan probably not as much news but we got Obi-Wan and uh, we'll see you then until then this has been Blue Harvest I'm Hall's Burkhart I'm Will Witten. may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us <laughs> <laughs>